Hey all, before we jump in today and out on today's episode. This episode should be listened to with caution as we do touch on subjects including sexual assault, gun violence, and rioting. We advise listener discretion going forward with today's episode. Thanks. Howdy y'all, welcome back to Educate Your Earbuds. Why is it that you're bringing up the Texan speak when we're not talking about honky-tonks and country <laughs> music? I don't know, I just thought I'd uh, switch it up a little bit. All right, so, well. So, hey all. Howdy to you. I, I can't speak like that. <laughs> <You> <laughs> On don't the have a southern accent? I don't. I guess I can't do accents anymore, but I'm not wearing a face mask, so that won't distract you. Yeah. So, this week we are doing part two of the Woodstock 1999 review. So, if you guys didn't already listen to our previous episode, go listen to it. But basically, what did we talk about last week? Uh, last week, so I guess kind of the TLDR, Too Long Didn't Read, we did a deep dive over day one of the festival and kind of an overview of, of the whole festival itself. Mm-hmm. And this week, we'll be covering days two and three, as well as some of the aftermath uh, from the festival. Right. And we did want to kind of say a little correction from last week, so... Yeah, so we had said Woodstock 99 had about 250,000 people. It's actually estimated to be about 400 thousand people ticket sales were advertised and and as being capped at two hundred fifty thousand. and that was based on the capacity right yeah you know the estimates put it at around four hundred thousand people but you know a lot of that they kind of tried to downplay to keep from having to pay extra fees extra contractual payouts wow uh to the hosting community and i guess maybe they wouldn't have gotten some of the licensing for it oh my god approvals gosh. that's that's my guess but so, well, that makes sense why it was so overcrowded. Though, yeah, even though they, they were claiming 250,000, estimates put it a little bit higher. <laughs> uh, Closer to half a million. <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. So we're just going to get right into it since we didn't have any concerts or anything to touch on. So mm-hmm. we're going to start with day two. And I would venture to say that this was kind of where shit started to hit the fan. P- forgive my language, but mm-hmm. we'll just kind of go in order of the set times just to kind of give you a timeline of what was going on throughout the day and how it really escalated up until the nighttime portion of day two and then spilling over into day three. Yeah. Sounds good? Yeah. I called it like the rowdy acts that started mainly on the East stage because this was, in my opinion, what seemed more of like the main stage, bigger stage. East stage was their main stage. Right. Kid Rock started out the festival that day. And, you know, I always thought Kid Rock was more just like country, like not super crazy, but there was some interesting stuff that happened in that set. I'm not a big Kid Rock fan overall, just for a lot of things Mm -hmm. about him, especially after learning kind of, because the documentary we watched didn't really touch on this much, I don't think. But he actually, while he was on stage, he kind of got all the fans to start throwing their water bottles on so the So he 
was the one that started that? Yeah. Wow. So he, what, what was the point of it? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, there, there's a guess that maybe it was to make a statement about like the high cost of water and everything at the festival. And maybe the fact that to me, that seems, that seems stupid. like a stupid and way to do that. Though. That's just going to increase the problems at the festival. Yeah, I do. I don't know if I ever told you this, but my mom used to work security at a concert venue back when we lived in Houston. Mm-hmm. And I remember she did a Kid Rock concert one day and she came back saying like that was the worst or one of the worst crowds that she had had to deal with. So maybe it's just Kid Rock if he does that during concerts. I don't really know. I'm, I don't know much about him. Yeah, I just know he's he's not really the best. Uh, influence? Influence. Hmm. Well, either way, that when I saw that scene of like all the kids throwing bottles and stuff at the stage, I don't know if you were aware, but like people throwing stuff at Kit Cuddy this year at Rolling Loud. You, so I don't know if you saw any of those videos, but I, that was totally different because basically people were upset that like, I think maybe Kanye or someone else was supposed to perform and they dropped out and so instead Kid Cudi was the one that like took the stage at that time and fans were like booing him and throwing stuff at him and eventually he ended up leaving the the set which I thought was super disrespectful because he's super cool. Yeah, so I think maybe I did hear a little bit about that. I probably told you about it. Yeah, you probably did now that you mention it. I don't know why people would be throwing stuff like, I I don't know. I, I just... I don't know. But that escalates into even bigger problems, especially ones that that, that happened at Woodstock 99 was, you know, MTV was there and other TV That's hosts right. and they were getting stuff thrown at them. I think at some point rocks started getting thrown at they them. They did so say like, like they were getting stuff thrown, yeah, for So sure. you got to, you get now you got to worry about people, you know, dodging stuff that's coming at them. Yeah. Know? And even if it's just a water bottle, if, you know, someone decided to throw one that was still filled with water, you know. That would hurt. That could hurt and that could injure and potentially even kill someone. Well, there was, I was reading up on this and there was a lot of people that had to go to the medical tents and like got staples and stuff because they had got their heads like Mm -hmm. cut open. So I hope people don't like continue to do this. I've never actually seen it at any of the concerts or festivals that I've gone to. Have you? No, I haven't. Well, good. Let's keep it that way. So after Kid Rock, who played next? Wyclef Jean. That's how you pronounce it, right? I think so. Okay. So Wyclef, there wasn't like, it wasn't as bad of a crowd, right? There was still people throwing stuff, but nothing major happened other than, you know, his bad Jimi Hendrix rendition. Yeah, I don't I don't think he, he did anything. I think he tried to do Jimi Hendrix, revive it, and bring some of that Woodstock 69 spirit back, and I guess just didn't do a great job of it. But... He did like burn a guitar or something like that. I know that. Well, he tried like lighting it on fire oh, as he was playing right. it. Yeah, he wasn't like, he, he wasn't trying to like tear anything down yeah or, or he was just like kind that. of or there. cause chaos yeah it was just it was just there so they started off the day on saturday kid rock wasn't actually the first well no he wasn't the first but i'm i'm going but through like, like the big people oh, i think who? kid rock was at like 2 p.m yeah yeah something so it's like that. still pretty i mean it's still pretty early we hardly even get to festivals that early mm-hmm. so then after that they had like what i would call the chill acts okay so it was counting crows dave matthews band and alanis morissette i wonder if they purposely did that to like mellow out the crowd before the intense ones were going to be later on at night what do you think well so actually dave matthews band had some controversy well they had the whole like said the whole like everyone's got their boobies out right yeah so the quote don't get mad at me saying this i'm just reading the quote there's an abundance of titties and that's what he said yeah that's what dave matthews said on stage in front of you know what was he trying to say with that like i'm just seeing a lot of it and it's not okay or 
what was it what was the point of that i don't know probably just to make a, more a, a women point of it yeah i don't know make was he trying to get more women to take their tops off i i don't know i don't know if, if there's any background info on it but that's odd just it, it's drawing more attention to it when like it i feel like it doesn't need to have attention drawn to it i mean because there was already issues of you know the festival was very frat boy well and i was gonna say like they were recording and like the how they had pay-per-view they had this like they were putting oh, this on tv right. without any of these women's permission so they might have even if they were choosing to be topless now this is getting broadcast on, on TV, tv without their permission that's a good point i actually hadn't even thought about that mm -hmm. but i think isn't it like nowadays probably in the terms and conditions of when you buy a festival ticket they do take photographs and stuff so like you probably are accepting in the terms and conditions that like your pictures and whatever might be used for promotion that's a fair argument yeah and i guess honestly that might have been a thing back then but still i feel like that's not i agree uh, i mean it's something that they should do it, it would have to come down to the legality of it and like if it was in the the terms and conditions of you did, the tickets yeah. and you did say like granted i realize like most people don't read it but it if you forego reading it then you're saying okay whatever this is saying i'm gonna just accept blindly to it mm -hmm. can't you can't really say too much about that but other than that i mean i really doubt that counting crows dave matthews band and alanis did too much crazy stuff to rile up the crowd right N not as much as we'll see later, later. so we can you want to just keep moving on from there to some of the absolute where the chaos begins. Yeah, so the chaos truly began at Limp Biscuit, And it's really funny because all of these like harder new metal bands, I'm pretty sure that's like what my oldest sister used to listen to. And I don't think I ever realized it. Really? Like, super like, ah! what, what they were actually like. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, the mu I'm sure the music is great. I can't say I know too much about metal. Me I was gonna say metal food. <laughs> metal Metal food. music. But anyways, Limp Biscuit. I mean, they're not really metal though, are they? They're more like hard rock and... They, a lot of what I read was they were like the new metal, like a new okay. metal. But basically, Fred Durst, he's the lead singer of mm -hmm. Limp Biscuit, and there was at one point in their set they have this song called break stuff right yeah. and he basically said hey man let me ask you a personal question how many people ever woke up one morning and just decided it wasn't one of those days and you're gonna break some shit this one of them days y'all yeah once if someone says that to you and you're hot sweaty sleep deprived food deprived probably highly intoxicated mm -hmm. what does that make you think is gonna happen yeah, I mean, this is this is right cuz this is where the crowd actually started to Breaking to break stuff. everything and they started ripping down the sound towers mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I in my head I go back and forth. It's like the the band and the singer need to take responsibility and, you know, know not to do that, but also they're just doing what they were paid to come do and really it's right. the promoter and the organizer, the one responsible, yeah. you know, get someone who's not going to do that. So this like this kind of just reminds me of like the Astroworld tragedy that who's like at biggest fault is it the artist for kind of riling up the crowd is it the promoters and the event organizers for not having I guess the security measures in case stuff like this happens or is it really just a joint shared fault I guess and is it partially just you don't know what the crowd will be like it could be like a flip of a coin they might be good that day they might not be good that day I don't know I think it I, I think in actuality it's a shared level of responsibility because like yeah yes it's on the promoter and organizer to ensure a safe environment for their guests, the fans that are there to support the festival. The artists, the, the staff. artists, everyone, you know. 
that's on them to organize something that's safe. And obviously this was, they wholly underperformed in this category, but let's say, you know, they had done everything responsibly. There was enough security and everything and the crowd still just went overboard, you mm-hmm. know? You know, there's no way you can stop 500,000 people from rioting if they want to riot. There is some level of responsibility. An artist should be able to be on the stage and see what's happening or on some level. And I mean, I think nowadays, especially after Astroworld, you do, I have seen it a lot more where artists will stop their set and say like, even if nothing like is actually going on, but they just see like potential, they're like, hey, are you okay? Like, and they'll stop and make sure like, is everyone okay? Mm-hmm. I remember at one point um, during Billie Eilish's set at Coachella, she like literally guided us through a stretching break and like a small two minute meditation mm-hmm. which super billy's vibe yeah um and i think like i think it's cool that i mean i don't think it's cool the way it happened like why artists are becoming more aware of this but i think it's commendable for it's the ones positive. that are taking it like seriously. seriously i agree for sure so yeah that's that's why i think there is some level of shared responsibility and art you know an artist should have that responsibility of not yeah. let their act turn turn something into a chaotic situation. At the same time though, I highly doubt it was a whole crowd of 250,000 to 400,000 people that were that crazy. Like it is very possible that it was just a couple of frat boy idiots and had like a mob mentality and they basically ruined it for everyone. And like the majority of the crowd was not about that, but the ones that did and the ones that got the most attention and started breaking everything. Well, yeah, once you have a bunch of other idiots that are like, yeah, I'm going to join them, then it becomes chaos. I mean, yeah, my thought is even if it was only, you know, one in 10 people, you still have 40, 50,000 people doing that, going wild. You know, that's not at that point. I I don't think you can really call it a, (laughs) a small number of people, even if it's yeah proportional to the crowd i I guess what i'm trying to say though is that when i was reading a lot of the stuff for this episode there were a lot of people that were upset that they were basically being portrayed as you know these kids from the 90s they just don't you know respect the music or they don't care to be positive and Mm -hmm. and peace and love when it's very possible that it was just a couple thousand idiots that were very much into that frat boy type like let's break stuff let's be stupid Mm -hmm. and then basically made it just chaotic for absolutely everyone yeah one thing that i did find that was really interesting was so jonathan davis he's the lead singer from corn Okay. They had performed that Friday night and he had some pretty harsh words to say. So he basically said, we rocked that place the first night and everybody had fun. But the second night, Limp Biscuit fucked it up for everybody. They really did. He instigated the whole damn thing. I was right there watching it. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I think Limp Biscuit lead singer Fred is still not really taking responsibility. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you can't just say this was all due to Limp Biscuit's set. Yeah. But it almost seems like he wants to be absolved from any responsibility. I mean, I think, honestly, that that's kind of the vibe I got from all parties from this. They all want to be absolved. Yeah, especially the organizers. The organizers, you know, they're they're still claiming to this day, you know, that it was just a small, they're, they're just know, a few bad apples. I think they just don't want anybody to think that they purposely cut corners because at the end of the day, they're quote unquote businessmen, entrepreneurs, and they want to be seen as such instead of as people like the Firefly Fest guy that it's, it's just a scam. Well, 
Well, yeah, and it would hurt their brand even more if they ever decided to do another Woodstock or something like that. I wouldn't go if the same people were organizing it and you know they're purposely trying to cut corners like that. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I thought this was interesting because the two like headliners of that night were hardly mentioned in this documentary. Apparently, they were mentioned a lot more in the HBO Woodstock 99 yeah. documentary, but Rage Against the Machine, was there anything that you remember or anything major that happened there? No, I think their performance went off pretty good other than you know they made a, a political statement they burned an american flag on stage and other than that though i mean i guess the crowd was probably still riled up from limp but it didn't seem like it escalated a ton from there yeah i mean from from all the chaos that ensued i'd say rage against the machine and metallica were not the performance itself underwhelming but you know the results are, are minor compared to what happened at limp yeah what happened at limp biscuit and and later on in the weekend so later on before we go into what happened on day three there is one stage that we haven't touched on but it was the emerging artist stage which is basically the rave stage and that one i think went on probably all night maybe until four in the morning or late late in the hours yeah after the after closer the for, and headliners for the night correct there was one that they mentioned in the documentary and i think we need to touch on but fat boy slim mm -hmm. what happened during that set so during his set, he is a DJ, for those that don't know. Mm -hmm. And while he was performing at the rave stage, which which for those that haven't seen the documentary or don't know much about Woodstock 99, was in one of the hangars, one of the airplane uh, hangars. Oh, that's why it looked kind of like base. a tent-ish. Yeah, it's this huge hangar that was already built. They, you know, they put the stage and everything inside of that. A group of guys decided to hijack one of the vehicles at the site and drive it into the hangar. That is so dangerous yeah that is absolutely and and you know people were climbing on it there were it looked like half a dozen people at least you know climbing on top of it they were just driving into the crowd this is a trigger warning but didn't they say that there was someone that got raped inside of that yeah thing? so they had spent some time trying to get the crowd out of the way and get people to stop and help help them get the van out and by the time uh some of the staff finally made their way over there to commandeer the vehicle back they they opened up the back and and found a, a man and and a woman who was being that's terrifying raped. and i think unfortunately they said they they don't know what happened to him he he got away oh seriously yeah wow i didn't know that part so they, i thought that they had got him they took her you know i think their priority at that point was taking her to to get medical get huh? you know to a medical station get her help that's so, that's, um, wow, that's terrifying. And, and getting the, the vehicle out of the hangar, because obviously that posed a, a big risk to, to everyone around that it was, you know, driving into this enclosed building with thousands yeah, I mean, of people. Apparently there was like people hooking up left and right. I mean, the whole festival, there's just so much harassment towards women. Mm -hmm. It's just extremely disturbing, disgusting, terrifying. I don't even know. I mean, it was stated in the docuseries that like women were being approached in like mobs and stuff by like groups of men and like there was rapes occurring in the pit. I, mm -hmm. I just, I don't even understand how this could happen. Yeah. 
Neither do I. There was other stuff that, you know, happened on day two. I mean, you know, at most festivals by day two, a lot of the facilities are kind of gross, but like, you know, they should clean them. But apparently the restrooms were disgusting. They were starting to fall apart. Yeah, which that is one thing to say. I guess Coachella, you get what you paid for. Those bathrooms were pristine all weekend long. Mm -hmm. All of the bathrooms that I went to, like, I swear it was like no one had been there. Hmm. I don't know how they did that, but thank you, Coachella. Please keep that up. And then another thing, you know the heat that just takes so much out of you yeah so i think we touched in the last episode about how since this was on an air force base you just think of you have a massive tarmac airstrip Mm -hmm. that's all concrete that just bounces heat makes it you know sweltering yeah uh for the people on it and just how many heat related injuries and illnesses there were at this festival there was someone that died during the rage set right because of a heat Mm -hmm. heat strip in one of the mosh pits i believe we'll definitely do like a festival concert safety episode at some point because i feel like if you've never been to a concert or a festival and like you don't know how to be like prepared for the elements i think it would be actually pretty useful to some people i agree i think it's something that's needed too for a lot of people that have never been to a festival don't know what to expect right i think generally safety is taken a lot more seriously now at least I would hope so. I would hope so. Obviously, there's still I mean, there's incidents. still incidents. We've, you know, seen people pass out and stuff. But yeah, drink some water. Make sure you're always staying hydrated. Have some electrolytes. Like, there's just so much. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else that we want to talk about about day two before we go into the day three? No, I think we hit all the main points. One thing that we need to discuss is starting day three. How gross were both the showers and the water? Because we never oh, talked yeah. about the water issue. The, I mean, like you said just a, a minute ago, the facilities were disgusting. Were falling apart. They were being completely wrecked and trashed. And finally, since they were running, you know, they there were no water in the station. Some people busted some of the pipes open mm-hmm. to just, you know, have some pipes leak out like fire hydrants. Essentially, it was gross, contaminated water, and it was flooding. You know, the entire areas of showers, bathrooms, basically There's like mud everywhere. A big slop pit of. Ugh. What they, what a lot of people at the time didn't realize was poop infested water from the porta potties. That is so gross. And they they touch on that in the documentary as well. They tested the water, right? They had like an environmental guy go and yeah, and and test the waters, and it was just filled with bacterial bacteria, human fecal matter, E. coli, all sorts of things. That's disgusting. And uh, one of the you know many people got sick from it. Can you die of E. coli? Yeah. Oh wow. It's it's deadly and. There was a disease that was going around during the festival called trench mouth, causing you know I'd say not not warts but cysts and, and um that's right they interviewed s- that spots, one girl that got mouth, it right hands yeah all that Ugh. all that stuff that's so gross I might throw up that's disgusting just making people sick left and right so that was already going on starting day three people were so beat that they actually left during day three yeah there were people leaving because they just couldn't take it anymore i mean the people that were still there it was showing were just trying to find a place to lie down they looked like they had come out of a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. it, it was great it really did it was it was a war zone that's how they described it the way it looked trash everywhere there was tra- so much trash you know, blowing in the wind on the on the airstrip just piles of it there was one of the staff members was just trying to take you know go around with trash bags and I remember that and do her part and get other people to like help clean up because they couldn't keep up yeah and it was just it was a 
losing battle for sure. I mean, there's still people to this date that like will not throw their trash away in trash cans and they'll throw it out on the highway while they're driving and stuff. Like, don't be that person. I find that so infuriating. It is like so annoying. Like, do you really feel like you're too good for the, you know, waiting and throwing your trash in a proper place and mm -hmm. recycling it? Like, ugh, just don't be that person. That's just annoying. Yeah. So, Day three, like, I didn't see, you know, too much huge stuff going on really before the main headliner, but let's just touch on some of the people that went on. So okay. there was the West stage, which we haven't really discussed just because the documentary didn't touch on it too much. And there was, you know, some big artists. So like on Sunday, there was Ice Cube and Megadeth, mm -hmm. big, big artists. But a lot of them we didn't know too much on, so we didn't discuss it. But uh, back out on the East stage, which is the main stage, who was there before the headliners which was the red hot chili peppers so i think willie nelson was the one if i remember opened up okay. the festival on the third day and the event organizer described it as wanting it to be kind of like a spiritual experience almost you okay. know they're coming off this awesome night of partying and it'd be did it work or not really eh, i think mixed mixed reviews mixed reviews on it some of the other people elvis costello was there and creed as well creed <laughs> i don't know why that's just a funny creed do you think of creed, creed bratton, bratton yeah from the, for those office fans out there yeah but it, it didn't really mention like there wasn't that much they hardly mentioned elvis costello they didn't really say anything about creed i guess people were just ready for the red hot chili peppers. yeah so i think the where it blew up at the it was the end of the festival and the end uh, the last act well the last and then people thought that there was going to be some surprise guest after the red hot chili peppers which yeah. there never was so do you want to go into who the last act was what they what they did and yeah so one of my favorite bands but unfortunately i i don't love how they reacted in, um in this, instance. in this instance but red hot chili peppers closed out the fest we got to talk about this why was flea and half of the crowd i guess for but that naked matter, but naked yeah so that was very odd who, for those that don't know do, can you say who flea is yeah flea is the bassist for the red hot chili peppers he literally comes out with nothing but the guitar yeah or bass he's sorry. he's fully nude everything's hanging out i mean it seems like it's his mo to be very wild and free and stuff but i would have liked some sort of warning if i was in that crowd i don't expect to see full nudity yeah i'm not a prude but it's just i would like to know yeah i <laughs> think you're getting yourself into rules and regulations of some sort yeah that was weird then there's just so much stupidity that happened mm -hmm. so whose great idea was it to hand out a bunch of candles to a crowd that was already riled up i don't think it ever said whose idea it actually was obviously one of the organizers so basically what happened was they handed out a bunch of candles while the Red Hot Chili Peppers were singing Under the Bridge, one of their most famous songs. Mm -hmm. It seemed like they wanted it to be kind of the Woodstock 99 way of saying this is our us standing against all the violence that's going on, the gun violence. The, the inspirational ending to, right. the, to the entire festival. Did it work? No, no, not at all. What is... <laughs> I mean, I had to ask. So, I mean, for for those, for all our listeners out there, if you can imagine what handing out 
500,000 candles to a crowd of people that has been riled up, but also taken advantage of through high prices, not taken care of through contaminated water and just poop runoff into all the areas. You know, these people are have so much pent up energy and anger from the last couple days. They obviously decided to start fires. Yeah, not a not proper choice, not condoning that by any means. But if you've been fires everywhere treated like an animal for a couple days after you paid a couple hundred dollars some people are going to get pretty upset by that so in the middle of their set they started seeing fires pop up from from everywhere across the airfield and you know they were trying to get get it taken care of but it it became such a dangerous situation that the firemen refused to go out that's insane to the me. festival. I, I like it's it's insane to me that it was so dangerous. Like I understand why the fire department was like, yeah, we can't. We're not equipped to deal with this. I mean, at this point, I don't I don't think it had devolved into full chaos. And you know, maybe if they had gone out, they'd been able to get it get at least the fires under control, not the crowd. But who knows? You know what's weird though is that at some point it said the festival organizers talked to like Anthony, the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. and asked him like, hey man, like this is a safety. Yeah, try to chill out the crowd or whatever. And Anthony was like, they're not going to listen to me. And then they performed the song Fire by Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. I think that's so irresponsible that's where i think there's some level of artist responsibility to go in there like because yeah they're not gonna they an event organizer came out and told them to put out the fires but you know they're they're going against the, the man or you know who they who they've been angry at for the last couple of days right. like but they're not against you you your voice does have some level of power well, yeah if they're gonna listen to someone it may be the artists mm-hmm. like they're probably not gonna listen to the event organizers when they're already mad at them but they might listen to you as the artist the person that they waited all weekend to see exactly so again i don't think full blame goes on anyone right in any of these situations but i think there is some shared responsibility and some need to to step up in in chaotic situations like this the so. thing is is we've seen the red hot chili peppers and it's not like that's like moshing sure there's a couple headbanging songs but it's not it shouldn't have been like this no but i mean we it's been over 20 years so i mean you know, yeah who knows who knows how much has changed fans energy change changes through the years well i would hope that you know we never go to a festival where stuff like this happens no i agree completely and i i just don't understand it doesn't like make the user experience better no and and that's one of the things they lost sight of with this festival is not putting the attendee first like there was truck explosions. There was I I don't know. It's just if you haven't seen this, this part is where it really hits home on like how scary it was. Yeah. So for those that that don't know, a couple of the the trucks got lit on fire. That uh, I don't know what if they were vendor trucks or what they got looted. Mm-hmm. Um, All of the vendors and then got set on fire, and their gas tanks just started exploding. Yeah. You know, it was a very dangerous situation. Final comments. I mean, this pretty much was the end of it. Well, not even because because they started. You know, the entire crowd, they thought that there was going to be a surprise guest. That's right. After Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. 
they had been almost hinting at it. It wasn't. It showed in the clip at one point. They're kind of implying without implying that there might be a surprise guest. They're I saying, don't know why they did that. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers is the official ender, leaving the door open for someone else to show up, and then no one did. So may- maybe they were trying to get someone, and it fell through. But obviously, the crowd was very disappointed at that. Yeah. And that's kind of where the chaos got worse. The trucks were lit on fire. They they started, you know, almost rampaging across the airbase. They they walked across to all the vendors tore down atms and ripped yeah. them open oh, stole all the cash yeah. uh we're ripping down the wall you know the the walls all the art installations they you know everything was just being torn basically apart. everything that had been made to keep the festival light and fun and secure they took it down mm-hmm. and that's when uh eventually police riot police had to be called in to, yeah. to attempt to quell the situation this was i think a few hours later they finally got there and started getting the crowd dispersed when you look at like the pictures of the aftermath it is like what happened yeah the the aftermath pictures are just crazy it shows the next morning just some of the news uh stations walking through the remains and just it you know there's still fires burning yeah that's trash everywhere just they said it smelled awful and just all this yeah rubble from everything being burnt and then all the areas with the you know contaminated water it was just they they all said it looked like an absolute war zone at the end of the day what are your final thoughts on woodstock 99 and you know the literal train wreck I guess I can't say literal, but... Um, no, I mean, I mean, metaphorical train wreck. There was just all... It was steaming ahead the whole weekend, just this kind of energy and, and rage that was building up and culminated in it just hitting a wall at the end and... It was and bad. blowing up. That, that's what it was. I mean, some, some of my closing thoughts is, one, I think there needs to be kind of this shared responsibility, but also teamwork between mm-hmm. artists, the festival organizers, and the festival goers to keep a situation safe. Yeah. You know, as much as we'd like to blame the organizers and the artists for not stopping dangerous situations, the... The, it ten- was the attendees, the attendees that... are still the ones that, that started it. I think it was more than just a few bad apples. Yeah. Like like what the organizers want you to have have you believe. And I think there probably were plenty of people that weren't doing yeah. doing any of that also. You need to have teamwork in that situations to keep these things kind of safe. Completely agree. I think the thing that I wanted to just close out with, and someone, I don't remember who it was, mentioned this in the documentary, but they said, girls should just be able to have fun just like a guy. Completely agree. Like, the fact that they were so harassed, both like festival goers, even the acts like Cheryl Crow. I'm sure Alanis was harassed by some of the crowd. The verbal assault. Everything that happened to women. It was so degrading, misogynistic. Do better. Mm-hmm. Like again, women should not have to be terrified every time they go outside of their house because you don't know what's going to happen if you're going to make it home safe. And if you're trying to go to a festival and have fun and enjoy the music... You should be able to safely. Yeah, you should. They shouldn't have to worry about being assaulted, whether it be physically, verbally, or in any, any way. way, shape, or form. So, needless to say, this. I mean, you can't really end this on a happy like subject, just because of how grim everything was and how terrible everything that happened here was. So. I guess what we want to say is just with a tone of caution, like be careful and be safe when you're going to these events and festivals. And if you see something, say something, you know, the more people that that alert others and that are safe and keeping each other protected. That's one thing that I think the rave community, at least 
what I've experienced tries to do very well is like keep that like peace, love, unity, and respect and like watch out for one another, you know? Yeah. I think I think the one thing I want to get across, I think as a fan of music, live music, wanting to go to concerts and festivals, we and our listeners have a responsibility to kind of educate ourselves on mm-hmm. these these problems and, and incidents from, from major festivals in the past and how to not repeat the same mistakes. Right. You know, just the behaviors that led up to them, some of the you know, the actual causes. You we know. don't want another Astro World. No. That was already bad enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly not another Woodstock so, 99. Yeah, again, sorry this week's topic was so heavy. The, this week and last week's, we'll try to keep the next one a little bit lighter. Yeah, for sure. Um, we do, we would love to hear, you know, what you guys had, what your thoughts were on this. You know, if any of these topics like really hit home, please feel free to email us at educate.your.earbuds at gmail.com. We always want to know what you guys are thinking and how you guys are reacting to, you know, what we're discussing because some of these subjects can get pretty heavy. So we do want to make sure that if there's anything that we could be doing better or if, you know, we need to do more trigger warnings or anything, please let us know. Yeah, always willing to to talk and discuss on these matters. So if you have any of that or or any other examples like this that that you think could be beneficial for the music community to hear and us to touch on in the future, Mm -hmm. we'd love to. Yeah. These are lessons that need to be learned. Yeah, and just really stay safe. Keep each other safe. Like I said, if you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. And with that, we'll just be really quick about this because we understand this was a very heavy topic, but just make sure to like, subscribe, and review and share this with your friends and keep listening and enjoy. Go enjoy some live music. and Enjoy it safely. Enjoy it safely. All right, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening.